introduction for my topic. We'll look at Biden. State of the Union speech. Ah, uh, uh, that's why I'm asking you, what can you do for me? Responsibility. introduction there. So we're going to talk about Biden's State of the Union speech, which was dry like the Sahara Desert. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Anyway, I'm reading from Market Watch this morning and they kind of talk about his speech and what it entails. So I'll do a quick read. <sighs> Let me catch my breath there for a second. <sighs> okay, here we go. So after Biden's first State of the Union address, here's one more reason why Americans are currently experiencing financial woes. So this is a Market Watch article, and you can find the article on marketwatch.com. Uh, okay, so let's go get into it. I wanna, I'm not gonna read the whole article, just gonna touch base because there's something there that's that's the key that every time I, I hear bits and pieces of, of a State of the Union speech, they all say the same thing, nothing new. So let's get into the article. As President Joe Biden addresses the nations Tuesday night during his first State of the Union speech, political observers say it's got to strike a balance between the country's progress and ongoing pain. Biden talked about household finance problems the pandemic has been pushing, he said. And so many families are living paycheck to paycheck. Damn right. Struggling to keep up with the rising cost of food, gas, housing, and so much more. Now, let me tell you, I just paid my gas bill and light bill. And I'm like, I don't want to swear, but the gas was 400 and the light was 350 And then I had cable which, you know, combine my cable, my internet, and cell phone. They're all bundled in one, under one. So my, just those utility bills alone, it's about $1,000 a month. That's for my gas, my cable, and my light. $1,000 a month. So yes, Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, but let's get into it. The president spoke about cutting energy costs for families by an average of 500 a year. I'm not sure how that, <laughs> I'm not sure how that's gonna help. Uh, combating, combating climate change, and he also talked about reducing the cost of childcare. Well, you know, that could help. Many families pay up to 1,400 a year for childcare per child, he told Congress. Middle-class and working families shouldn't have to pay more than 7% of their income for care for young children. Are we, is, there, are there still middle-class and, what middle class middle class and working families i thought you either now i mean i in 1990 in the 1990s yes you have middle class upper class and poor but now it's just poor and upper class there's no middle class <laughs> that's been done away with a long time ago many families pay up to 1400 a year per for child per child he told congress my plan will cut the cost of half of most families and help parents, including millions of women who let, 
who left the workforce during the pandemic because they couldn't afford childcare to be able to get back and forth, back to work. So basically what he's saying that he wants to, his plan is to cut the costs in half and that's childcare. You know, one thing I could say uh, when it comes to childcare, they, uh, my phone's ringing <laughs> and of course it has that, well, you know, it has the, the caller ID, so it will tell you. <laughs> Let me just let it ring. Is, is it done? Okay. Uh, okay. All right. I think it's done. I forgot to turn it off. Excuse me. <laughs> so anyway, um, I was we were talking about child care. One thing I can say about child care, that if you do need assistance with child care, they have a program that they call Care for Kids, that if you apply for that, it goes from, it's based on your income. So there was never an issue with childcare. Um, fortunately, for the ones that don't make a lot of money, they tend to get the most from um, Care from care for Kids, the one that make make a lot, sometimes don't qualify for it. So I'm not sure if, he's, if, he's, if his aim is to help people that also make a lot and end up spending a lot in childcare, or is it, you know, just for people that don't make a lot. I'm not sure about that. So let's get back to the article. Uh, more than two months after the last child tax credit advance payments were distributed, the payment includes a slip in capacity for some family to pay their bills according to the Census Bureau data. As the direct payments hit bank accounts last summer through December, that's what uh, the child tax credit that we were getting, I got 250 for my youngest. Um, and I, I'm not gonna lie, it helped out a lot. I could, uh, what I did with it for the month, I just put it towards one of the bills. So I was getting 250 and we got it for six months. And then the difference when I did my taxes, because I do taxes, I got the difference, the other half. So we got half up front and then we got the other half on um, when I did my taxes, that the credit um, for ta on my taxes. So it did show up. When research asks who was struggling to pay their bills in January and February of this year, 35% of the household with children said they were having difficulties paying their expenses. Uh, the child tax credit ended. Um, some people had, you know, two or three. So they were, they were bringing, they were getting at least maybe up to $800. Um, some people were getting so, the loss of that, you know, that helped out a lot um, when it comes to, you know, helping with food and so forth. Um, the final record, the final round of advanced payment on December 15th to families were raising approximately 61 million children uh, age 17 and younger. The payment total tallied, totaled nearly 93 billion from July to December. So from July to December, the government paid out $93 billion in child tax credit. Okay, that's that. Let's get to, I'm not gonna read, I'm just gonna read bits and pieces of it. Before and after the payments and the struggling households were at least two times more likely to say that they use the child tax credit money for expenses, the research said. They were also at least eight times more likely to say they borrowed money from friends and family, um, the data showed. The big change was the families were no longer receiving the CTC payments, the, connect, the, the, the child tax credit payments. The census find, findings fit other surveys showing more financial strain for some families after the advance payment ended, which ended in uh, December. So basically they're saying, uh, you know, that's, that's six months pan, um, you know, we were getting that, that, that child tax credit and it helped out a lot. And that was the first time, you know, in 
America have known that the government was given out um, to everyone. Uh, you could, uh, some people, if they didn't want it, they could turn it down. I believe the majority of the people took it. I mean, why turn it down? It's free money, right? Um, so almost half of the parents, 47%, said the absence of the child tax credit will have a major impact on their finances. And 36% said it would have more impact according to a thousand person release polled. So let's go down and see. Uh, even as some polls show the strain, other academic uh, um, uh, American household wealth and poverty uh, paint a different um, picture of the, the consequence of life without the child tax credit payment. So they're saying that uh, it impacted uh, in a good way when they handed it out. And now that it's not there anymore, it, you know, it's being felt. I mean, I, I really don't, I don't know how, I don't know how I feel about it because you didn't have it and you were struggling. I understand that. You got it. Uh, it helped out. It wasn't going to be a permanent thing, but I think people got so used to it that they, I guess they're saying that for struggling folks, but here's the deal. And I don't want to make this too long. Uh, where am I here? Minimum wage. The federal minimum wage is still at seven something. If they raise the federal federal minimum wage to at least the federal, I'm not, I'm not talking about the state because every state is different when it comes to minimum wage. If they raise the federal minimum wage to at least $20 an hour, then other states will have to raise their minimum wage and bring it up to $20 an hour. But because the federal minimum wage is still stuck at seven something, I believe it hasn't, it hasn't raised or they haven't touched it. They haven't looked at it. Each state has their own minimum wage. New York pays 15. Uh, the state that I live in, it will go to 15 and it's 13 now. We'll go to 15 in the next two years. Some states are still paying like eight, nine dollars, ten dollars an hour. I always say minimum minimum wage is a real killer in America. We cannot survive off of the, the wages that we're getting, and for some strange reason, they don't want to increase minimum wage. Uh, 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 I don't get it. I mean, this will will help a lot when it comes to uh, household families taking care of their kids because you still have. You know the food stamp, the food the food nutrition program they hand out to people food stamp, but that's only for people that don't make that much, right? Um, people that make over a certain amount, you can't. Every state is different. You can't get it, and I'm sure a lot of those folks that could get it would love to have it because they use their cash to pay their you know to buy food. So I'm sure they would mind getting um getting some food stamp. But the thing is, minimum wage is the real killer in America. Until they up the minimum wage, whether they give up the child tax credit or, or, you know, make it a permanent thing, people, people, you will, you won't be able to get people out of poverty. That's what I'm saying. Until they raise minimum wage, the federal minimum wage, you are always going to have to, poverty in America will never go away. That's it.